This portion of the show is brought to you by Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. Let's get right to it. Busy two hours. This is the Jeff Orbit Show. All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening. Jeff Orvitz here. Happy to be here with you today. Hope you all had a great weekend. I've got a busy two hours of the program. I really got a busy week when it comes to guests as well. In just a second, we're going to talk with Congressman Eli Crane, get a DC update. Yep, they pushed the spending can, kicked the spending can forward once again in Congress. We'll talk with Eli Crane. I've got a Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, Speaker Ben Toma, coming up as well with the legislative update. I got to talk about Biden using um, our tax dollars to buy more votes when it comes to student loan debt. He forgave something like $5 billion, plus a crazy Orwellian story at a Gilbert, Gilbert <laughs> Office of Digital Government. You know, wait till you hear this one. And Olivia, with some of your comments. Before I get to all that, though, uh, I'm watching the price of silver. You know, I've been a big uh, physical gold and silver guy for a couple of decades now. It's taken a dip. I like those dips personally. I'm not going to tell you what to do when it comes to investing, but I like to buy physical gold and silver from Desert Gold Exchange, Arizona-based company. Justin and his family keep the overhead low. They pass those savings on to you. Why don't you give them a call to mention the Jeff Overture. They're going to treat you like gold. Uh, here's the number, 888-852-4343 guaranteed lowest commissions and fees out there 888-852-4343 or check them out online at desertgoldexchange.com okay let's welcome back to the program uh congressman eli crane represents congressional district two uh congressman i I assume and you know what they say about assuming that you were you were one of the 108 to vote down the continuing resolution here over the weekend how you doing I'm doing good, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. And yes, I was one of the 108 Republicans that opposed uh, kicking the can down the road one more time. One more. Okay. One more time. I was looking at these numbers and we haven't had a spending bill. All the spending bills complete on completed on time in this country for 20 years. Um, and we've only done it four times in the last 40 years. What's going on? Because I thought that this new speaker to replace the other speaker was going to be different and we were going to get the spending issue under control. What what happened this time? Well, you're right, Jeff. And honestly, we were all hoping that uh, Mike Johnson would be different. Um, so far, he hasn't shown um, much different, you know, much different behavior than the last guy. And, you know, and this just proves the point that this wasn't a personal thing with Kevin McCarthy. And that's why I'll sit here and try and call balls and strikes on this speaker as well. Um, Mike Johnson's a nice guy, but hey, this ain't a popularity contest, Jeff, as you know. This is about trying to save this country and turn it back in the right direction. And we will not do that if uh, we don't have leadership that has courage and leadership that doesn't continually surround themselves with individuals that are constantly telling him or her why we cannot do uh, the right thing. And that's exactly, I've been in the room, I've been in these meetings, Jeff, with, you know, Speaker Johnson, a few conservatives, a bunch of you know, regular moderate Republicans who continually tell him why he can't, why he can't, you know, attach border security um, to a funding deal, why he can't uh, stop spending money that we don't have, why he can't reform FISA. And a lot of it, Jeff, just comes down to who are your confidants? Who are you listening to? And unfortunately, right now, in my opinion, Mike Johnson is listening to the wrong people. 
I guess these offices, like many places, I was told that, you know, you get into City Hall, for example, don't, that the staff will just wait you out until you leave and somebody else comes in. I mean, is it just that, like you said, they're surrounded by people, that the office comes with all the um, clinger-ons in government? Or what did what did Mele say in, uh, in Davos, the, the parasites? I mean, is that what's going on here? Uh, that's a big part of it, Jeff. And it, I'm glad you brought it up because most people never do. I mean, if you think about it, the bureaucrats, and some people call it the fourth branch of government, um, right? It's a problem because those guys and gals, they're not elected by anybody. They'll, they'll be up in Washington, D.C. for 10 or 15 or 20 years when, you know, a congressman's, you know, term is two years, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that you won't get more than one term, but a senator is six years. And so the way these guys see it is there's a good chance that this individual who's you know, um, requesting, you know, whatever information for us right now that might be damning to, you know, this administration, if we, if we stonewall them, if we hold out on them, don't give it to them, there's a good chance that they'll be gone um, by the time some, you know, judge somewhere forces us to uh, turn it over. What did we get with this continuing resolution? I had heard that it was pushing the can forward till March on the spending. And again, this is the discretionary portion of the budget, which you guys only control like a third, if that 30% of the actual spending at this point, everything else is on auto control uh, or cruise control, uh, including the, the national debt that's, that's just spiraling out of control. What did we get? What, what, what happens now in March? Well, honest, if I'm being honest with you, Jeff, and that's hope, hopefully something I continually come on your show and do, I think you're going to see the exact same thing. Yep. The, fir- the, closer this th- the closer this thing gets to elections, everybody knows that if you've studied you know, these cycles over the course of you know, multiple years, the closer it gets to election, the less likely our- people are to fight. I even saw that as one of the big excuses as I was sitting at the table watching and participating in these negoti- negotiations going back and forth. You know, one member told Mike Johnson, hey, the last thing you need to do, President Trump does not want to be, you know, um, he's doing, you know, his campaign um, in the midst of a government shutdown. It was one of the fear mongering tactics that was used to keep Speaker Johnson from actually, you know, trying to do the right thing for the American people. That's too bad. It's just the same old game keeps happening over and over again. Meanwhile, uh, national debt top $34 trillion beginning of this year. We've added $57 billion just in the past three weeks. It's just the numbers are absolutely insane. And you were trying to get, uh, Eli, you were trying to get border security in there because we have an invasion that's going on in this country. Everybody sees it now. Even Democrats and leftists have to admit that this is happening, uh, although they have, a, I think, a different outcome plan than maybe you and I do. Um, but we see the fentanyl coming through. Um, I hear this story about uh, the CBP-1 app where, you know, illegals are supposedly flying without proper ID and even getting in front of Americans. I mean, you sat down with somebody uh, in Prescott that had a tragedy when it comes to the fentanyl issue as well. Mm -hmm. What was happening there? I mean, that's pouring through the borders too. Yeah, you know, uh, probably, uh, it was probably like seven or eight months ago, I was at a town hall in Yavapai uh, County and uh, a late a, a beautiful lady named Josephine Dunn, um, you know, during the Q and a portion confronted me and she said, what are you going to do about it? You know, this, this border issue. And I went through and, you know, told her what, what we were doing, what we were trying to do about it. And she made sure that, um, that I understood that, you know, um, the severity of this issue. And so it was an honor to be able to 
and have her come up to testify before the uh, Homeland Security Committee this last week with another mother who had lost her daughter to an MS-13 gang member, Jeff, that had been who had been let through under Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden, who had raped her daughter hmm. and then murdered her daughter. And so Secretary Mayorkas was invited to be there. Of course, he wasn't there. Um, but you know, we're trying to we're trying to do everything that we can, Jeff. Whether it's legislatively with HR two, some of the conservatives are trying to deny you know the power of the purse and and you know the money. Um, you know, to this administration, if they don't secure the border, um, and then we're trying to also do it um, through oversight and impeachment. Right now, we're trying to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, even though we failed a couple couple weeks ago because the Republicans didn't vote to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. We're taking another shot at it. The chairman says that we have the vote, um, and I'm hoping that we do because, uh, you know, Jeff, a lot of people say even if you guys impeach Secretary Mayorkas, the, the good chance is you're going to get somebody just as bad, you know, or worse. And to me, that's like saying the quiet part out loud. Yes. The Democrat party right now is their policies are so bad that it, and, and it's, so, there's so much totalitarian top-down control in that party. It really doesn't matter who you put in there. They're going to do exactly what Joe Biden wants them to do. They're going to do exactly what their globalist masters want them to do and have a wide open southern border. But that does not mean, Jeff, that we should not hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable. I want that impeachment asterisk, uh, you know, in his in his resume, on his legacy for the rest of his life, because it's never it's never happened um, or it, it hasn't happened in like 100 years. So I, I want to make sure that he's held accountable. You mentioned and we're talking with Congressman Eli Crane, you mentioned, you know, whatever Biden wants to do. But I mean, isn't that part of the puzzle even interchangeable as well? Do you, do you think he's actually just to change a little bit to presidential politics, uh, Congressman, because it means so much, obviously, in, in all of our world, especially your world when you're trying to pass a budget? Do you actually think he'll be the, the nominee going up, presumably against Trump? Or do you think that somebody else, uh, the Democrats will put somebody in because they realize how miserably un, unpopular this guy is across the the country you know jeff i wouldn't be surprised to see it go either way um you know i wouldn't be surprised to see a you know michelle obama or a gavin newsom get switched <laughs> you know at the last second the worst uh, governor in the, in the in the nation gavin newsom i i just i can't fathom it but go on yeah but he's one of the he's one of the guys that has been you know, campaigning. He tried to debate DeSantis, right? He's holding, you know, hosting, you know, uh, Chinese, um, you know, dictator Xi there in, in San Francisco, along with, the, you know, some of our biggest, you know, financial donors, yeah. um, you know, in the country. So I, he's definitely, he's definitely in the conversation. But the other thing too, Jeff, that we can't overlook is even though um, the current president, President Joe Biden doesn't know where he is, He's clearly not calling the shots and can barely string together a sentence. If you look at it from, you know, unconventionally, he's the best fall guy in the world because they can, they can implement, you know, their, their wild leftist destructive agenda. And then they have the, you know, as the country goes down and is destroyed, they have, they can blame it on this, this old man that doesn't know where he is. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people aren't willing to be that cynical about it, but, you know, when, when you understand the people that are up in Washington, D.C., and you know what they're really after, they don't really care about the optics of whether 
the leader of their party is a stumbling, bumbling idiot. All they care about is one thing, Jeff, and that is power. And if Joe Biden helps them achieve that, you know, they, they don't really care. Yeah. Keep that power going. Um, another uh, issue that you're looking into, uh, Congressman, is you wrote a letter to DA Alvin Bragg, and this was the um, issue with Daniel Penny. Um, re- remind us what happened there, because remember, we all have about a 22 and a half second attention span, and we are bombarded so much that, uh, intentionally so, I think, that every story just is buried within a, a half a news cycle at this point. Tell us what happened there with Daniel Penny. Yeah, well, many of your viewers will remember the story, and the name probably rings, rings a bell, but Daniel Penny was the Marine who heroically on, on, a, on a train in New York City um, confronted, subdued um, an, an individual who was, you know, screaming and, you know, acting wildly and making threats towards other passengers who were scared to death. And some of them even got off the train. Um, and Daniel Penny, unfortunately, after subduing this, this individual and getting him into a chokehold, uh, this individual um, ended up passing. And so Daniel Penny um, is now being charged with uh, second-degree manslaughter. And so our letter is, uh, honestly, Jeff, our letter is more of one expressing, you know, concern about, um, you know, this uh, this Marine, Daniel Penny, um, and the charges that he just received for manslaughter to the DA, um, Alvin Bragg. And unfortunately, so often, Jeff, you know, we try and we try and wield, um, you know, the influence of our office in every way, shape possible. I know the American people, when they look at that story and they look at this lunatic who got on a train station and started threatening people, many of many of your listeners can put themselves on that subway and understand how much fear those passengers felt. And they would have wanted somebody, a good Samaritan, to step up and ensure that, you know, he was saying that someone's, that the gentleman that uh, ended up losing his life, you know, um, he was saying somebody's going to die today. And so um, this Marine took him seriously and actually went and did something about it. And now he's going to spend, you know, many years of his life behind bars for protecting others, which is what he was taught to do in the Marine Corps. And, uh, you know, so we're just trying to do everything that we can to not only shine a light on this, this issue that's not over and done with. Um, but, um, we're trying to, you know, do what we can to make sure that, um, the DA there knows that we're still paying attention and we're still watching this story. Well, there's two things there. I mean, which state you live in matters because many States like Arizona is much more, um, uh, sympathetic to people protecting themselves, castle doctrine, whatever you want to call it. Um, but if your life is threatened, but then other states like New York and leftist states, if you do something, you have to worry that you're going to be the one that goes uh, into jail. No matter what, you're probably spending a lot of time um, fighting these issues. And, and um, if you have to take hands, uh, take matters into your own hand. But in states like that, it almost encourages people to just sit there with their cell phones taking pictures while someone is being beaten, murdered, or whatever. You've seen, you've seen this stuff happening it, it it's there's no incentive for the uh good samaritan to step in eli no you're right and 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 what adds insult to injury jeff is that this soft on crime you know prosecutor um alvin brad when he doesn't prosecute 
you know, these crimes that are happening and it, the citizens he's supposed to be protecting are being victimized. Um, this is this is what ends up, you know, going on regularly. And so to your point, Jeff, you know, you've got citizens who end up because they're so afraid of actually doing something and then being you know, prosecuted or charged themselves. Meanwhile, these individuals who are running and doing these smash and grabs and, you know, running out of these stores with, you know, as long as they don't have, you know, more than $950 worth of merchandise, you know, it's not, it's not a felony and they completely get away with it. And then they're doing it the next day. So people just end up, you know, watching this stuff happen. And, uh, you know, the, the vic the victims are the actual people in the community who pay their taxes, just want to raise their families. Um, and you know, they're the ones that suffer the most. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Congressman, Hey, I, I appreciate the time as always keep up the good work, keep us, uh, and, and I appreciate you keeping us informed all the time and we'll talk with you again real soon. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And love to hear from you. I didn't throw out the email address earlier in the program. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Maybe I did throw it on there. I just don't remember. Um, and I'd also like you to get a text message in, a comment. Uh, Olivia's going to be by later to share some of those comments. 877-971-3971. Uh, and we also have Speaker of the House, Ben Toma, give us a legislative update. He's coming up in just a little bit, so stick around for all that. I uh, got to use my trailer from American Trailer Company over the weekend. Uh, I'll tell you about that in just a little bit because uh, Owen and I were doing a little more prep work for the upcoming growing season in the Verde Valley. But American Trailer Company got me a great dump trailer. Uh, Works awesome. Super high quality. I didn't have to pay city sales tax, by the way, because they are not in the city of Flagstaff. And I got a story coming up with the size of the city government. So if I can avoid those city taxes um, by buying at a great place like American Trailer Company, not going to Phoenix, you, you get a great price, uh, usually the same price, if not lower in cost, uh, by going to American Trailer Company just north of Flagstaff. Check out their full inventory at americantraileraz.com. That's americantraileraz.com. Back in a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to The Jeff Orbit Show. Now, as more snow coming to uh, northern Arizona, I don't know if it's going to be a lot. We keep getting these kind of little wimpy storms, right? Um, but they still throw a bunch of cinders on the roads. So you get a rock chip in your windshield. This is going to happen to you if it hasn't already. Get a rock chip in your windshield. Make sure you go to Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street in Flagstaff first. Get that rock chip filled, and then it doesn't spread to the rest of your windshield. They also do full windshield replacement. They work with your insurance company. They also have great pricing if you don't have that glass coverage as well. Diamond Auto Glass, the place that Angela and I have been taking our vehicles for years to take care of our windshields. Check them out online at thedifferenceisclear.com. That's thedifferenceisclear.com. This whack-a-mole that they play there for the good guys like Crane and, um, you know, small number of people actually, too small, obviously, to even stop this continuing resolution nonsense from going forward. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. $57 billion of additional 
debt that has accrued just in the past like three weeks. Three weeks on top of the thirty-four trillion. We're gonna be at thirty-five trillion before you know it. It just it's growing exponentially. We've got seven or eight trillion dollars worth of treasury debt that's rolling over this year. I get I get mixed messages as if it, whether it's seven, eight, or nine trillion. It's crazy. Those numbers alone are crazy. And there this stuff's refinancing at from two percent or less at at four percent or more, which means that the percentage of the national debt interest payments as far as the line item in the in the federal budget, that line item that is just has to be paid before you build a road, before you, you know, pay um pay our men and women serving in the in the military, et cetera, et cetera. That gets that's gonna be like the third largest item, the second largest item before you know it. And I think it's gonna be the, the biggest item here in just a couple years as far as our um, national expenditures. It's totally, totally insane. Here in Arizona, we've got an issue going on with our budget. The governor, Governor Katie Hobbs, as you know, I've been hitting on this since she did her state of the state address. She's whining and whining about um, how the ESAs, the empowerment scholarship accounts are costing the state so much money. This is the backpack of money that lets your kids go to any school they want, um, you know, utilizing taxpayer funds, you know, (laughs) the money that they're putting in as well. And uh, she's saying it's going to, and, and many critics are saying it's going to bankrupt the state going forward. And they're all whining about we're, we're going to have like the third highest budget ever. I don't see what the big deal here is, but we're going to talk with the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House, Ben Toma, is going to be on the program here in the second hour to break down what the heck's going on with the budget. What is the real problem here? Is there actually a problem? I've called it a fake crisis that Governor Hobbs has created, just like she's created this fake school safety issue, which we're going to have a report on that real soon, too, because she's painting a picture that private schools aren't safe. And she said it in her state of the state address that the um, we need to require private schools to have um, background checks for the for the teachers. Right. Implying that they don't already. I'm finding in our research for an article we'll have coming out soon that most of these private schools do indeed already do background checks. So they're trying to create fake fear. Uh, amongst everybody, everybody to get them all riled up. Speaking of getting riled up, I, I meant to put this article out yesterday and I've forgotten that you already missed it. I, I apologize. Um, the communists at ASU met to get organized and call for a socialist revolution. Um, it says it right there on the bottom, socialist revolution. Uh, you missed yesterday at ASU at on campus, this was on campus, and many have pointed out how ridiculous that this group would be coming in to celebrate 100 years of Lenin. I guess, was that yesterday? 100 years of Lenin. You know, Lenin that led to eventually Stalin, that led to the Soviet Union and communism that's responsible for what, I don't know, the numbers, they say 100 million people dead in, in a 100-year period. I guess I guess we're celebrating that, or at least they were. They had a big thing at Discovery Hall at Arizona State University in Tempe. Uh, to Let me read this. Are you a communist? The banner asks. And session one was war and imperialism. Two hours for that. Then you break and uh, have lunch. But you shouldn't really have lunch because uh, under communism, there's there's really no food. But I guess maybe they served crackers. Anyway, session two, the need for a revolutionary party. And then they've got Lenin there with his finger pointing out, you know, that you need to get organized and celebrate 100 years of Lenin and join the socialist revolution. Good stuff. Glad our public tax dollars are going to things like that by utilizing the facilities of ASU for the the socialist revolution. Are you a communist meeting for our youth to go? I wonder what the turnout was. It was probably high. That's the sad thing. All right. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Plus uh, get, get a text comment in as well. 
877-971-3971. Don't forget the great specials that Sportsman's Bar and Grill has all through the week, um, including lunch specials. So like tomorrow's Taco Tuesday, great deal on awesome tacos. Don't forget Wing Wednesday, half price wing sliders on Thursday. Always got the $4 menu at Sportsman's Bar and Grill. Voted best sports bar in Flagstaff. Sportsman's Bar and Grill just north of downtown in the Bastia Shopping Center with plenty of parking. Stop on by Sportsman's Bar and Grill. Back in a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orvitz Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, welcome back. As you know, um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out of the presidential race yesterday. Um, said something like seeing a no clear path to the presidency, to the nomination not wanting to waste his supporters' energy, his supporters' uh, you know, finances and you know, the donations and all that that they do. Class act, really, class act. And then to show you how, because I, I, I thought he'd make a fine president. It just wasn't the time. Uh, I'll get into what I think went wrong with the candidacy here in, in just a minute, but just just wasn't the time. But I think he's a class act guy. I think if, if you look at DeSantis and what he did in Florida as governor, uh, one of the most effective governors in the nation, in the nation, hands down, hands down. I mean, how many states, especially conservative states, maybe the liberals wouldn't want him, but most conservative people would be like, I wish I had him as a governor, especially during COVID. Um, but yeah, he dropped out. And to show that he is a class act, that he cares most about the country more than anything on the personal side, he went and threw his support quickly behind former President Donald Trump. And obviously you've got the... Um, uh, New Hampshire primary that's that's hitting tomorrow. I fully expect Trump to win it. I know that the you know Drudge Report loves to put out the polls, how close this thing actually is. And DeSantis was polling around six percent, and Haley was maybe four points behind Donald Trump. As if the six points are going to go from DeSantis to um, um, to Haley. Now th- those are still Trump voters, Trump supporters. Uh, she's going to stick around though. She's going to stay in this thing because there's all these legal issues and cases still that Trump has to face. Uh, so, you know, being a career politician and I just, I'm not a big fan of her. I know some of you are, I'm just not a big fan of Haley. I think she's that old school corporatist Republican that we just don't need anymore. Uh, that want to keep the nation in constant state of war constant. I mean, it's like, I, I, I saw a good, um, I know that a lot of people aren't watching Russell Brand now since he got canceled. Uh, once again, de- not deplatformed, but demonetized with these accusations that hit in Britain, sexual assault and this and that. But he was basically uh, charged guilty before any kind of trial. I mean, that sounds familiar. That's happening all the time now. But I did, I do watch his podcast from time to time, and he was talking about the Houthis in Yemen. And he's like, who, who, Houthi, who? We didn't even know who this was. We're always thrown by kind of the tradition, not even traditional, but the corporate kind of warmonger 
Republican like Haley a new enemy. It's 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 exactly like 1984. It's like somebody who we were working with one day and the next day now they're the enemy. So this constant state of war has cost our country so dearly when it comes to uh, people who have been injured, people who have been killed, uh, the treasure, the trillions and trillions of dollars. And look at Afghanistan and, and Eli Crane. We, we've talked with him, Congressman Eli Crane, about that in the past as well. All the money that was put in there, and then we wind up just abandoning uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment, not to mention thousands and thousands of, of U.S. citizens, thousands of people that helped us out. And it's like Afghanistan, Afghana what? I mean, what was that? We don't even know what that is anymore. It's just round and round we go. So I think she'll stick in there because she'll get the money support of the people people that just absolutely hate Trump, but to see DeSantis go in and support Trump and say, hey, this is a guy to get behind now, I think means a whole bunch. And my take on it is Trump will be the nominee. My take on it is that Trump, uh, despite, uh, regardless of what happens with all the legal stuff that's happening, even if he was sitting in jail, he's still going to be the nominee going forward. Biden, as as we were talking with Eli Crane about, not so sure about that. I don't think he will be the nominee in the end, but time will tell. But anyway, yeah, DeSantis is out, so... Um, we'll see what his next steps are. Maybe there's a place for him in the administration because Trump in typical Trump fashion, you know, basically, you know, DeSantis is great again. You know, he, he does this every time and nobody should get too offended by Trump ripping you and then Trump embracing you later on. It just happens all of the time. OK, now Biden to buy votes this weekend. This stuff always happens like on a Friday or something. Uh, I don't know if it's him, but one of his flunkies told somebody else, another flunky in some department, you know, down in the basement of some, uh, you know, building with a bunch of cubicles that is, we're going to forgive 5 billion more in student loan debt going forward. And they keep finding these little legal loopholes to get this stuff through. I know so many folks are mired by student loan debt out there, but I shouldn't have to pay for your damn student loan debt. I didn't get student loan debt. Well, I didn't go to college. Um, had I gone to college though, um, I would have worked on paying it off myself. And I know it's burdensome. I know that it's cost a lot of money. I know that a lot of you might have been misdirected in going to university. And not you guys, not you guys, but the, but the American populace in, in general may have been misdirected by some counselor or just popular sentiment at the time that if you don't go to college, you're going to be an absolute failure. It's just not the case. And then you got degrees to steal a line from someone else, a lot of degrees in worthlessness that just didn't amount to anything and you couldn't get a job and they promised you a job and they showed you the chart that said, hey, if you get a college degree, you're going to make this much more than another person who, you know, didn't get a college degree. But what they didn't put into that whole equation is, because I make okay money, right? I didn't go to college, is the motivation and the ability of people who generally would get a college degree anyway. Had they not, they probably would have gone on to been successful anyway because they're, they're motivated people and they tend to do well whether it's, you know, being an engineer for some aerospace company and getting a degree to do that or going out and learning how to swing a hammer and then starting a contracting company or working for a contracting company. They just didn't take that into, uh, you know, into account. And a lot of people are just mired in that debt. So he knows or he doesn't know, but the people around him know that, hey, let's forgive this debt. We buy more votes. We buy the young people and they tell their friends and their family how great Biden is because he really cares. He's forgiving this debt, but it just ain't fair. And it's just a slippery slope to uh, socialism and the next free thing that they're going to give away. And I do free in air quotes always because it's never free. It's at the expense of someone else. And that's all you need to remember is forgiving the student loan debt is at the expense 
of someone else. Um, okay, let's hit on this other one here. And don't forget, we got uh, Speaker of the House, Ben Toma, coming up in hour two of the show. I, I'm just going to scratch the surface on this one. This is an issue that's hitting in um, Gilbert. And, of course, Goldwater Institute unearthed this thing uh, where Gilbert started the Office of Digital Government. I mean, isn't that Orwellian? Orwellian? Um, it, and it, what they were doing was monitoring and tracking and trying to actively control, according to Goldwater Institute, online speech of employees and officials to push a uniform leftist agenda. Um, so they, they would basically, they were tracking the employees and even politicians' comments and social media posts and personal stuff, not just on the, on the um, city side, but actually, according to Goldwater, on the personal side as well. And they're calling it the Office of Big Brother. That's what Goldwater is calling it. Um, and the cost of this department was over a million dollars per year combined for all the employees that were doing this stuff. Um, and this is this was going on for years now. I'm going to work on getting someone from Goldwater. They contacted me about this issue and get them on the program here to talk about this. But this is, the as far as they could tell, the first in the nation where a, a city was doing this stuff. And this is this is crazy stuff. Diversity, equity, inclusion stuff to, to push their agenda. Make sure the narrative uh, stays the same. So what I did is, um, you know, I live in Flagstaff, um, and I recently was surprised when I heard from Rob Wilson that the city of Flagstaff that their budget actually doubled, doubled in the past ten years. It was like two hundred fifty uh, million a year. Now it's something. It's well over five hundred million a year to operate the, the, the city government. So I decided that after I had this whole issue with the Flagstaff Unified School District, remember that's the school district that's um, at first didn't want to put me on their media list. They have now corrected that after Goldwater stepped in and I appreciate Goldwater for taking charge on that. Um, I decided I need to go around to all the cities within the, well, a lot of big part of the state, but a big part of the listening area and say, hey, make sure we're on your, your press release list, your media list, so that way I can share this information with everyone out there. So I went on and I called the city. I got the number from the website, from the City of Flagstaff website, and I, I talked to a really nice person down there, and she, their media person, she's, she added me instantly, emailed me back, said, hey, we'll make sure you get all press releases. So I do thank them for that. Um, but then I decided to look at the, City of Flagstaff, the sustainability department, because you know this is growing and has been festering and festering within our community and a lot of communities throughout the country. Um, I, I wonder how many people are working there. And there's a there's a website that says Meet the Sustainability Team, and I was just like started scrolling. There's the sustainability director. And I'm like, okay, let me scroll more. There's the climate action section director. Okay, there's another employee too. Climate engagement analyst, resilience analyst. Uh, climate analyst, climate vulnerability and resilience person, uh, sustainability workforce development person, youth climate leadership employee, energy specialist, sustainability supervisor, community stewards coordinator, sustainability coordinator two, there's a number two, uh, waste reduction and food system supervisor, sustainable food systems employee, recycling outreach employee. I, I was like, oh my, are you serious? This has gotten that big? It just became a department, by the way. It used to be like a division with in another department and i'm like wait a second one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen fifteen i just scrolled through them all 
I'll, I'll bookmark it here on, on the, in the podcast, 15 employees in the sustainability department. I mean, they got, they, what was that one with the number two on it? It was called that the sustainability. They got two sustainability coordinators. Insane. So is there any wonder why there's been a doubling in most governments? I, I need to do, maybe I just need to sign up for chat GPT 4.0 or whatever. And, and say how, how much has every government in the state of Arizona, all 91 towns and cities grown in the past 10 years. My guess is everything's doubled. And that's why, I mean, count the, what did I just say? 15? I can't even remember now. The numbers have just blown my brain to pieces. What does it cost for 15 employees to think stuff up? Unbelievable. So I, I'm back on the media list. I'll get you any sustainability breaking news as it, as it comes out. And I'll be getting on more and more of your uh, cities and towns press releases as well to try to track all that stuff. 15 employees for sustainability, though, in the city of Flagstaff unbelievable so we'll see what that it's got to be millions of dollars a year just in in staffing and you know the cost to keep an office going and all that insane stuff talk with jeff at icloud.com that's uh i'd I'd love to hear from you that's that's the best way to get in touch with us as well as uh by text 877-9713-971 i'm almost speechless from the 15 sustainability employees that the city of flagstaff now has hey if i was selling a home in the flagstaff area right now of course, I call Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group, brokered by EXP. Uh, look, you know, there's a lot of people that are passionate about selling real estate out there, but they have no experience and don't really know what they're doing. There's a lot of people that know what they're doing when it comes to real estate, but they don't have any passion. Uh, those two, you know, when you put those together and you've got passion, you've got uh, knowledge in the market and you get Kelly Broadus because she is so passionate about the real estate market. She's so knowledgeable about the real estate market. And that's somebody you want on your team. So like I said, if I sell in a home in the Flagstaff area right now, I would rely on her and her great team of professionals to help me through the entire process. She continuously sells homes in really quick time and for really, really good prices so that you get the most money in your pocket when you sell that home. They also do buying as well. They've got agents that can assist you in buying. Call Kelly Broadus right now at 888-446-5602. That's Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group at 888-446-5602. Or go online and get the instant valuation of your home without talking to an agent by going to northernarizonafinehomes.com. That's northernarizonafinehomes.com. Hang tight. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. Eric and Lisa Boatner at Allstate Agency in Flagstaff continue to defy the odds for at least me and my family because we have for years been switching our policies over to them, our insurance policies, auto, homeowners, um, what's that, umbrella, things like that. They also have motorcycle, boats, if you got that. They got everything you need at Allstate Agency, but they've been defying the odds because so many of you have gotten huge insurance rate increases. Premiums have been skyrocketing. We've been getting lower quotes from Allstate agency. Why don't you give them a call? 
Have them review your policies. I think you'll be surprised in most cases. And Eric and Lisa have been ingrained in the Flagstaff community for years. They do a great job, and they've done a great job for my family as well. Eric Boatner, Allstate Agency, 928-774-8722. a really specific issue here, but also one that I think everyone should pay attention to because Regardless of where you're at, I mean, even if you're in Flagstaff, mostly on like top of the hill here, um, or if you're especially in Verde Valley, you've got potential flood issues, right? And I got a notice from Coconino County that FEMA has been redoing the maps for the flood area, the, the flood designated areas in the Munns Park area. And there's currently it's under a 90 i think it's yeah 90 day public appeal period allows property owners to formally submit appeals uh if you are in the munspark area you may want to check this out i will put this press release up on talkwithjeff.com um i'm told it is up there already so talkwithjeff.com so that way you can go check it out if you're in that area. If you're in any kind of flood area, you really got to watch these maps because what can happen is there could have been development over 10, 20. They're saying the maps haven't been updated in like 30 years and you could have a property or a building, um, part of your building, part of your property in a flood area that's wasn't quite like, you know, flood way. And then it was maybe in the flood fringe or maybe even outside of all that. There's the flood fringe and then there's the flood way. Think of like raging river stuff. All of a sudden you could find yourself designated by FEMA in the flood way or even the flood fringe. Then if you have a mortgage, you're talking flood insurance and all that. And you're talking high costs there. You're also talking severe restrictions on future development, future building, things like that. So it really behooves you to, if you get a notice or if you see that your area is being you know redrawn and the flood maps are being updated it's it's something to definitely watch out for and right now Munns Park you're in that 90 day period if you live in that area you better check it out Coconino County is um you know the one that works with with FEMA on this one and I'll put the links as far as if you want to put any lodge in, lodge any um what's that called disputes or whatever or uh, disagreements about how they maybe mapped you into the flood area already. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Arizona State budget. Let's talk about the ESA's education. Let's see what's going on with the Arizona legislature and the whole process going on down there. And no one better to talk to than the actual Speaker of the House that's really driving the whole process. Uh, Speaker of the House Ben Toma will join us. Stick around. And then Olivia with some of your comments. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Hang tight. Back in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Orb Show. Portions of the show may be pre-recorded. And remember, the information provided on the show does not constitute legal, medical, financial, or tax advice. All information is the opinions of the host and his guests. You should always seek the advice of a professional regarding any of these complex issues to make sure all circumstances of your situation are properly considered.
Remember to catch the podcast by looking up The Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider, including places like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. Also available on Rumble and on YouTube. Just look up Orvitz, O-R-A-V-I-T-S. And remember, the show streams Monday through Friday at 4.06 p.m. right up at talkwithjeff.com. Also available on FM on 97.1 FM, the big talker throughout northern Arizona, and 107.9 FM in the Prescott area. This portion of the show is brought to you by Timberline Firearms and Training. Absolute best out there. TimberlineFirearms.us This is the Jeff Orvid Show. Okay, welcome back. Hour two of the show. If you missed last hour, uh, podcast will be up there real soon. Congressman Eli Crane gave us a D.C. update with the state of the spending in our country, which is, quite frankly, out of control. Uh, in just a second, we're going to talk about spending on a statewide level with the Speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, Speaker Ben Toma. Plus, let's hit on ESAs as well in this just unrelenting push by Governor Hobbs to and ESAs at, at all costs. We'll get to all that and comments coming up. Olivia will be in and, and share your comments. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Your heater goes out. Don't forget to call my good friends at Gettles High Desert Mechanical. It's a company that Angela and I have been using for many, many years. They do an excellent job pretty much anywhere in northern and central Arizona. They'll get you quick service, Prescott area, uh, Verde Valley, Flagstaff. Give them a call right now, 928-567-2200. Well, I guess don't give them a call if your heater's not out. But if your heater's out, give them a call. They've got uh, the best techs out there, plus plumbing. They'll take care of that too. 928-567-2200. Or go to Gettles. That's G-O-E-T-T-L-S. G-O-E-T-T-L-S. GettlesHDM.com. Let's welcome back to the program the speaker of the Arizona House of Representatives, uh, Speaker Ben Thomas. Speaker, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Always, uh, always good to be with you. Thanks for the invite. Always interesting down there as you are cruising towards. Um, well, let me get your take on this. I, I've called it a made-up budget crisis, Speaker Toma, because I've watched this for many years now, and even at the reduced levels. You're still going to be at the third highest budget in Arizona history. Governor Katie Hobbs is is, is touting this as just the worst thing uh, ever, in my opinion. Well, sure. I mean, if you're a Democrat and your entire worldview is to grow government uh, as quickly as possible, then anytime you have to make uh, any sorts of cuts, it's got to be painful, right? At the end of the day, I think we have to admit that. So, sure, she's trying to spin it as that. But the reality of it is, as you correctly pointed out, this is still pretty pretty high in terms of total revenue. The only reason we've had more than this has been all the federal spending over the last couple of years. And we continue to spend even though we uh, we also reduce taxes. And, and that was my flat tax that, that I championed, as, as you know, that know, in 2021. So now we've, we've had to make adjustments. And this is actually a short-term budget problem, which is uh, it's not it's not a tiny amount, but the reality of it is it's short term. So structurally, we're we're in a much, much better place than we've ever been. And long term, we continue to attract businesses here. We continue to attract employees here and uh, investments here in the state, uh, which which will result in even bigger revenues, even though the rates have gone down overall. 
Yeah, and Ben, you reminded me, yet you were on the show years, a couple of years back and touting and pushing the tax break because at the time, and I was saying it, you were saying it, many others are saying it, obviously there's too much money coming into the coffers, so let's let people keep their own money. That passed, but that's one of the things she is blaming on the current slowdown of revenues, I guess, coming in and the decrease in revenues. Well, sure. I mean, remember Ronald Reagan, I think, said this or something like this. But the only way to to you know to stop someone from spending is to is to to hide their wallet. And at some level, that's the only thing that I've been able to find that helps to stop uh, out of control government spending. It was the right thing to do for a number of reasons. You know, when you look at where where investments uh, are really happening in this country, what the states that are winning, because you know, we states we compete with each other ultimately, um, all across the board. And so the ones that are winning are the states that don't have an income tax at all. Now, we had a progressive tax like many other states that have an income tax. And so we took the opportunity to to fix that. And while that might be sort of a very short-term problem, as I said, and from a cash flow standpoint, you know, a year or two is actually short-term in the context of, of, uh, of, of a government, uh, it actually has put us in a, in a much, much better place and we're continuing to, to grow and our projections into 26 and beyond are, are very good uh, economically. And you don't have to take my word for it. Just look at the fact that so many people continue to move here. That, that speaks volumes. Do we still have the so-called rainy day fund? I know that every year there is a billion plus being put in there. Is that still there? And is that on tap to be, I don't know what's a good word here, tapped <laughs> to make up the difference here? What's going on there? Yeah, so we still have, uh, I believe it's 1.4, 1.5 billion in that in that fund, and uh, it is indeed for a rainy day. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm reluctant to to even consider using that for for this short term coverage because here's the problem: if you don't have an opportunity to to cut and to reprioritize, cut's the wrong word. Reprioritize some of the spending. That's the right that's the right phrase, really. Uh, when you look at what we're doing, uh, you know, every business knows this. You go through phases and it's healthy from time to time to look and see, are we spending in all the right places? Are we getting a return uh, on investment? Uh, the, the kind that we would need in all the different departments uh, of, of our of our business, different facets of our business. And whether you're a small business owner or a large company, it's, help, it's healthy and helpful to look at that from time to time. So that's really what we need to be doing first from a state standpoint. Uh, and then, you know, if, if, if for whatever reason, uh, that, that fails, which I don't expect that it would, then I guess we could look at the rainy day fund, but that really should be, um, should be, should be, per, should be saved for an actual rainy day. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that, by the way, uh, you know, in t- 2008, they were spending rainy day money, if you will, to, to, to pay for increased spending right before, you know, everybody went off a financial cliff which just made it much, much worse in the long term. So I don't think we're in there by any stretch. And, and the projections, as I said, are good and positive, but um, it's better to tighten the belt uh, long term. Okay, well, here's the challenge, I guess, you face as Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker Toma and um, Senate President Peterson, and then trying to reconcile all of this budget stuff by the end of the year. And hopefully it's not the end of June, right? Um, you mm-hmm. have to deal with, obviously, a Democrat governor and her idea of reallocating and adjusting things within the budget is, well, I don't know how else to put this other than articles we put up at talkwithjeff.com, which is um, blame the kids, basically, and blame the ESA program, um, which you helped champion. The kids, families can yeah. send their school, their kids to school of their choice, um, including private school, homeschooling, et cetera, et cetera. And the backpack mm-hmm. of money follows them. 
uh, she she really, 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 really hates this thing and wants to destroy it, quite frankly. Sure. I mean, again, you know, the Democrat talking points on this have been that uh, the experts know best, not the parents. And we couldn't disagree more as uh, as Republicans. And, yeah, I, I, I champion the school choice program. Everybody knows that in, in 2022. And, uh, and and I got it passed. But the look, bottom line is what she didn't tell you is that the overall budget for K-12 is actually uh, under budget. We're under budget for K-12. Remember, the legislature's job is to make sure that every child gets a quality education in the state and that, that they're funded. But we we fund a total number for K-12. We don't fund individual pieces. We don't fund something, say, separate for a district school versus or a charter school versus ESA or whatever else uh, other program there is out there. It is one line item. And that total line item is actually under budget, even uh, with this current budget coming up. What that means is the, the shifting that has happened within those um, uh, within some of those children that were already, say, on a charter school that have now gone to a, uh, an ESA, that saves the state money in those situations. Now, it, because school finance is so complicated, it's really hard to, to track those dollars. But if you know nothing else about any of these programs, it costs the taxpayer basically double to send the average child to a district school or to a charter school than it does to use the ESA program. Now, state money and and property tax money and local money and all that gets into all this, and so I'm not going to be able to explain it to all your your listeners. But the bottom line is that the average ESA amount is about 7,200 a child. The average um, uh, total cost to the taxpayer to educate a K-12 student in either a charter school or a district school is roughly 14,000. Okay. If you knew nothing else, that's the basic math. Well, and that's where it's getting twisted because I watched a local school board meeting and think well, this was Flagstaff, FUSD's board meeting, and they were talking about how much money they get from the state versus char- um, um, private schools. And they're like, private schools get double. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not counting the local money. And I think this gets into a color of money slice of the pie type issue and which pot does it come from in government. But everything I've heard backs up what you're saying, Speaker Toma, which is, it's about fourteen grand to educate a kid in a public school. It's about seven grand on average cost to the state to educate them in a private school. And I haven't had anyone show me a different number than that. Correct. Well, one way to hide the total cost of something is just to make it super complex. Yeah. And that's what's happened in this case, right? So if you don't know what what's really causing the problem, uh, it's really hard to tackle the problem. And that's been how uh, you know bureaucrats in the past and, and, and Democrats in general have have managed to really obscure the total cost and make it almost impossible to try to solve. But look, we, we've already done what's needed to be done as a legislature. And I said, like I said, I championed this universal thing, which everybody thought I was nuts when I first proposed it at the beginning of 2022. I didn't think and you were nuts. No, no, no. I didn't think you were well, nuts, Ben. <laughs> well, no, in terms of actually the possibility of getting it done. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, politically down here, remember, we have one vote majorities, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, a, a tough, and we had one vote majorities then as well. So it was a really tough, um, uh, a tough hill to climb. But uh, we found a way and uh, and got it done. And uh, and it's not a partisan issue. I've said this numerous times. It's not a partisan issue among parents. Uh, the latest poll I saw showed something like 60 percent of, of Democrat parents are pro school choice. And it's in the 80s for independents and, and Republicans. So it's so, you know, she 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 hates it. That's true. Democrats hate it in general because they're losing control. And uh, the control is now back in the hands of the parents where it should have been all along. Is it safe? Um, with your slim majorities and going into budget wrangling and all that, is it safe for the 72,000 families that are now relying on it? It, it is safe, it, it, especially for this year. I, you know, 
rhetoric being what it is, uh, at the end of the day, it's actions that count, not not words. And it is safe. Now, that does prove the point, though, or bring up the point that we need to make sure we keep majorities. And uh, that's one of the things I'm anonymously focused on for, for this coming election this year, is to ensure that we keep the majorities. Uh, it is not a separate line item. I designed the program that way on purpose, because if it was a separate line item, remember I told you it's in the K-12 base, it's in the formula, it's not a separate line item. Because if it was a separate line item, then a future governor could line item veto it in a budget. But as it is, um, I, I'll be honest, I, I designed it that way on purpose, not thinking that we'd have a Democrat governor so soon. But I'm, I'm thrilled, obviously, that it turned out that way, because now at least we can protect that from, uh, from her. So the only way she could ever undo it is if she got control of the legislature, uh, both House and Senate. Okay. Yeah. This will be a, another pivotal election coming up. We're talking with Speaker of the House, Ben Toma. Uh, one more legislative issue here in the state. Then I want to sw- switch to a couple federal things. Um, what's the other hot button issue you're hearing from your colleagues or that you're trying to address this session? Um, you know, what, what's that item? Well, some of the big things, uh, on, on that we're talking through, uh, you know, some issues around water. We've, we've talked a lot about that. And uh, those are complicated and um, and not necessarily partisan, but partisan, of course, plays into it. So that's one issue. Uh, we've talked some little bit about housing, and that is making housing more affordable, which is not to be confused with affordable housing, uh, which is a whole different discussion. And um, and then we have a, a little bit of an election issue uh, due to some timing of a bill that we passed having to do with more recounts which we might have to fix here fairly soon. So okay. those are sort of the hot button items that we're, that we're working on right now. Housing's a big one, but then there's really not a huge role I think you guys can play. There is one of your colleagues had a, a tiny home, no inspections under 500 square feet. I don't know if that's getting a hearing or not in the rural counties. Um, there are definitely some solutions, but are, are the solutions more local or do you think there is a, a play for the legislature on a more global scale statewide? Well, I think there is a role for the legislature. Uh, in addition to that, uh, just keep in mind that even the water issue is actually related to housing as well, at least here in the valley it's uh, and around the valley. That, that, that plays into it because uh, it, it determines where you can build. So, uh, so it's all kind of related, and, and that often happens down here where, where things are very complicated, and then we need to take the time to make sure that we understand the issue and, uh, and and tackle it correctly. Okay, here you are sitting as Speaker of the House. You've been on the program in the past, um, you know, before you were Speaker, and you decide now you want to go to Washington, D.C. I, um, You've got a beautiful family, by the way. I'm looking at all girls. Is this six girls? That's correct. Yep. <laughs> Outnumbered. Outnumbered yep. big time at home, yep. And the dog. I'm looking at the picture. Is the dog a uh, boy or girl? He's male. Okay. He's male. He's male. <laughs> the, the, I, had, I had to put my foot down yeah, somewhere. At some point, yeah. yeah. But anyway, you want to go to D.C. I... I've gotten to know you over the years and I think you want to do good there. I had Eli Crane on last hour and I think he's another guy that's trying to do good there. And the the group is pretty dang small in my opinion. Don't you think you can do more at the state level versus trying to change something that's just so swampy there in DC? And what's the decision behind this? Well, so first of all, you know, I am term limited in the house. And so uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your point of view, I can't, run for this uh, office any longer. And that's the reality. Plus, I gave my word to my seatmate that I would not run against him. So, and he is running for the state Senate. So that basically means there is no uh, short-term opportunity here uh, for me. But that that aside, really, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. is broken. The uh, They have a majority, a, a very narrow majority, which 
spends uh, too much time uh, fighting amongst themselves. And the only thing that seems to be working is the continued, you know, rapid growth of government and uh, and spending, and they keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, so it, I, I'm going to do what I've done here at the state legislature, which is basically get things done and, and the things that other people perhaps thought were impossible. Uh, and that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it out of duty, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think it's the it's the right move uh, for now. I think the country needs doers and uh, people willing to re- to pull up their sleeves and and that are that are there to uh, to tackle some of these big issues. You know, the border is a huge one. There there is there is ways that we can actually address it. Um, I know they're talking about some short term things, and I hope they're successful. But long term, that's something that we absolutely need to need to handle. Uh, the inflation, you know, there's lots of other things we can talk about. But bottom line is, uh, we need to we need to get people over there that are willing to not self promote and that are actually willing to to work behind the scenes and uh, and find consensus in in remarkably similar situation. Actually, if you think about it, I mean, we've had one vote majority down here at the state yeah. for the last uh, what it's six years now, and um, and I think it's going to be a, a narrow majority in, in, in Congress. Uh, no matter what, based on what the projections are looking like. How, how would you stand on the budget issue? I mean, we, you know, new speaker of the House once again, but they, they keep kicking a can, another CR, another continuing resolution. I was shocked to see that. I think they've done their duty and passed some kind of budget, very minuscule amount of times in the past 20 years, especially. I mean, what, what would you do right there on the budget side? I mean, this is the, the sleeping issue that I think is starting to wake up, which is the deficit spending and the massive amount of debt we're leaving to our great, great, great grandkids. I mean, how do you address that? Because it's not sleek and sexy for most people. Sure. Well, look, I mean, neither was uh, tax policy when I got here at the state capitol. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I mean, you know, start talking tax policy, everybody falls asleep on you. The, uh, but, but that's so, that's so important. And the structural things that, that I was part of in 2019 set us up for the, 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 the flat tax, which would have never been possible had we not done all that work ahead of time. So really the, the answer is maybe not as, uh, as attractive as you might think, but the reality of it is what needs to happen is you need to roll up your sleeves, get in there, figure out how to solve some of these fiscal issues long term. Things like, you know, what is it? They were saying that, uh, that, that Social Security might be bankrupt in seven to 10 years. I mean, that's really, really bad. And we can't continue to deficit spend, like you said. We have to figure out some of these structural changes that need to be made to these spending programs, bring them in line, and, and put us on a, on a long-term trajectory to out of this deficit spending. And look, I would love to see a balanced budget amendment right away, but I don't think that's possible realistically. So, but it, it is possible for us to work towards that, which is exactly what, what we should be doing. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun, but it's going to require someone that's willing to do the work. And I'm the guy. Yeah. Balanced budget, just like the state. I mean, you can't leave, you know, you got to get the budget Correct. structurally balanced before you go as a state legislator. Okay. Uh, Speaker Ben Tome, I appreciate the time. Now that's congressional district eight. Um, and that, um, that, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, right? She decided not to rerun. That's the seat Correct. she's currently holding. So um, there'll be a primary there because I know there's quite a few folks running for this. Uh, there are, yeah. yeah. At the moment, it's 11, but, you know, Debbie uh, passed <laughs> and, and she insisted and um, they don't say no to Debbie. So yeah. so I'm, I'm all okay. in. All right, good. Hey, Speaker Toma, good luck with the rest of the session. Hope to talk with you again. Good luck in your campaign. We'll put a link in the podcast uh, if people want to go on down there and, and check more out. Okay, thank you. We'll talk awesome. with you soon. Thank you.
And I'd love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Go ahead and get your comments in. Olivia coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll share. They're already stacking up. I've already got quite a few, including oil production. Uh, yes, Joseph, we'll get to it. Um, oil production, the cost of gas, things like that. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Back in a minute. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up the Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. You're listening to the Jeff Orbit Show. Hey, instead of spending a bunch of money on a brand new smartphone, stop by my friends at Just Wireless in West Flagstaff, right as Milton comes in, um, or I-17 comes into Milton. Uh, Just Wireless is a full line of refurbished phones, saves you a ton of money, good for the environment too. And if you got a cracked screen, charging port problems, and then the big ones, the batteries, if you go outside in the cold and your phone goes dead and it's full charge and it goes dead in like three and a half seconds, you probably have a battery problem. Stop on by Just Wireless. They can fix that up for you. Get more information at JustWirelessAZ.com. Olivia joins me with some of your comments, and I appreciate everybody who's gotten those in. Give that email address out. And, hey, we should do the text, too. i got to check that. Well, email us at talkwithjeff at iCloud.com. And then if you're going to text, it's 877-971-3971. There was a bobcat attack in Saguaro National Park um, down there. What is that? Down by Tucson. Didn't we go there? Saguaro uh, National Park. I think we Park. talked about it, but then we didn't end up going because we were like, hmm. We've Forest, seen Saguaro's. You know, <laughs> it's a cool place. <laughs> yeah, I guess 66 year old uh, got attacked by a bobcat. They suspect it has uh, rabies. That's the only reason. They usually run. I've never seen a bobcat, though. I've seen a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah me and Owen saw a mountain lion one time, but I'd, I'd love to see um, a, a bobcat. And that would be pretty awesome. I'd, I'd like to see. I'm always on the hunt for any kind of mm-hmm. animals we can Anything, yeah, we anything can out there. We saw a lot this weekend. Uh, we'll get to your comments here when we come back in just a second. I'll share with you a little bit of my weekend. And uh, were you, I don't think you were involved. You were off doing something else. Owen and I ripped up that field. We, we opened oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what happened. You, you guys think. Yeah. You, you disappeared. We were like, hey, we're going to rip up a new field for planting this spring no, and expand he's the telling farming the story area. Wrong. I wasn't in <laughs> Camp Verde when they did that. Oh, that's true. Because we told you we were going to be ripping up the field. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here. No, that I'm is just not kidding. what happened. That's total fake news there. No, but we op- actually, I was shocked and I was like, oh, wow. oh my. Um, that's some wow. good, that's some good soil. <laughs> made some changes. That parcel, that parcel has some good soil. I mean, we, we tilled mm-hmm. it all up, uh, getting it ready for some fencing because the deer, I, so last year we planted, um, a bunch of corn in the front part of the yard, right? And uh, that did really well. We had thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years of corn. We probably went a little a little overboard. But I, I don't would know say, why we need more corn oh, because we more. can't possibly eat it all. But <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the deer got probably a third of it. They really did a number. So we got to go a little higher on the fences. But I wanted to open up for more, you know, expand tomatoes, expand zucchini, you know, all of that stuff. I want a pumpkin patch. And a pumpkin patch. And pumpkins, if you've ever grown those, you need a lot of 
extra land because they tend to creep mm-hmm. and, and spread out. They and expand. Take, yeah, they take over everything. So, yeah, we got some good plans there, and we're able to rip up some more land and get it ready, uh, get it tilled up, and we'll spend the next month or two kind of prepping that whole area and get mm-hmm. the get the irrigation ready and this and that. So if you can do anything to, you know, if you're concerned about the state of affairs and how, what was that, that ding-dong at the uh, – Davos thing. I don't think you heard this one, Olivia, and I think I've already deleted it, but she basically, you know, pinpointed fishing and farming and things like that as as bad things that humans are doing to planet Earth. You know. Oh, yeah. Tell me that when there's no more farmers or fishers anymore and how quickly the grocery store continues to have your food. Where did the steak come from for these Davos elites? (laughs) You know, where where did all that come from? I I don't know. Uh, Just it's magic. And maybe it's uh, some kind of meat, uh, fake meat. You know, David Marshall, representative for LD7, he wants to ban fake meat in Arizona. I don't know. I just like to see it labeled. I want to know yeah, if, it's, yeah. if it's not real. So you can know what you are. You know? Yeah. All right. Let's get to some comments when we come back. Uh, if you're thinking about refinancing home, call Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. I, I know a lot of you got caught up in it because the inflation has been so high. So people spending, uh, you know, putting putting groceries on the credit cards and stuff is, I, I hate that that's happening. If you got yourself in that position, you're trying to dig out of this whole super high credit card debt at 20, 25, 30% and you've owned your home for a couple of years, you probably have quite a bit of equity in there. Why don't you call Kim Dawson? Maybe you can do a complete refinance on the whole package. And she's looking at that and really specializes in all that. Call Kim Dawson, Nova Home Loans. Uh, Nova's Arizona's largest privately owned mortgage lender. But Kim Dawson can also look at all the programs, act as a broker, find you the best program out there for your situation. Here's Kim's number, 928-310-6458. 928-310-6458. Or go to novahomeloans.com slash Kim Dawson. Kim Dawson, and NMLS 697411, Nova Home Loans, NMLS 3087, BK number 090242. Equal housing opportunity subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up the Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Diamond Autoglass, where the difference is clear.com. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. I just hand you to my phone with the text app. Did you notice that the button was a little sticky? <laughs> Your whole phone is a little sketchy. I did think I'd adjust wireless. I, I'm on a honey. Yeah, I'm, on a, like- I'm on a honey kick. I've been ingesting too, too much That's honey, perhaps. What it is. That's I've nice. I've cut other Thanks. sweets, but I'm going with with honey and <laughs> gobs of honey in my tea. No, I love how the entire back is like smashed. I'm worried it's like I don't know. Oh, I I like my hands. I like to use things to to its maximum <laughs> capacity and, and longevity. I mean, it's just. That's the way. That's the way it should be. How long can I use this thing before I absolutely have to spend money on another one with all the inflation and craziness that's going on? Right. Okay. We promised you comments. A couple ways you can comment. And Olivia's on the show usually what Mondays, Wednesdays, sometimes more, Monday, and she tries to yeah. pile them up and share. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Text messages as well. We got a couple of those. Eight seven seven ninety seven one three ninety seven one. I don't know. Pick one. 
Well, we have some email comments. Let's okay. talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Our first one's from John. I read the article in the Daily Sun about the Coconino recorder dismissing the Federalist report on involvement in the alliance. Did the paper have her write the article? And in the <laughs> end, it was basically Trump's fault. Amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, uh, okay. So the controversy, it's the second article down at talkwithjeff.com. I think. The Federalist did an article. Federalist does a, a great job. It was Sean Fleetwood, and I'd like to get him back on the program. He pointed out that Coconino County joined the Alliance. The Alliance is a, is a company or an organization that in two, 2020 uh, was embroiled in the Zuck Bucks thing, hundreds of millions of dollars from Zuckerberg. Why does he give that much money? He's a leftist guy, right? And a lot of these counties were taking money. It's a gob of money, right? Arizona passed a law along with 24 other states that said you can't do that anymore. Right, you cannot take money in your elections department, and to quote unquote help with elections or whatever, because we don't know who you are. I didn't vote for uh, yeah. you, right? So, Federalist wrote a very detailed article, and Patty Hansen's the Coconino County Recorder. She subscribed to the service, so sixteen hundred dollars, your tax dollars, go to this alliance to get, you know, election services. It's like. What is that's like wow. skirting Doesn't the Arizona law? Yeah. So then I write an article, which I talked to Patty. She was, you know, took the time. She's kind enough to reply to my answers and stuff. She says it's not a leftist organization, blah, blah, blah. Fine. That's fine. And I think I wrote uh, on whole a pretty balanced article, except at the end I said, hey, you know, Patty, don't you see that there's a perception? Is Do you think there's a perception here? Do you worry about a perception that you're, you know, aligning with the left as mm-hmm. the elections officer? She didn't reply to that. That's probably the most um, kind of biased approach I took. People know me, though. They know when I write an article, I'm a conservative right-leaning guy, and I'm going to approach things that way. The Federalist, I would say the same thing. Then the Daily Sun did an article. It was long, man. It was as long as the Federalist, but it was like, and what, who's that guy's name? John. John. John's like, I kind of was thinking that, too. The first third, did Patty write that? (laughs) And then it gets into the middle third, and they have some, like, NAU political science. I don't know what he is, but in the past he was NAU, and he's just going on and on. And then the last third was like, yeah, Trump and, you know, election violence. You know, they start talking about violence towards election officials, and I'm like, but wait, where's the... (laughs) Where's the story? Where's the story here? Where's the... Think they might the, the be a Zuck bit more Bucks. concerned about their checklists. Yeah, where's the Zuck Bucks tie-in? Where's the where did the money come from? They didn't even mention the money. They didn't even mention the 2020 controversy. <laughs> they didn't mention anything. They didn't did have they mention it. climate change. Uh, pro- no, they didn't. That's weird, though. That's really weird. <laughs> I read this article. I'm like, what is this? Who wrote this? And you know, I'm, I try to because people are critical of my stuff all the time too. But you look at the three articles, and uh, Federalist was probably more on the right. I was somewhat on the right, but I, I'm the one that's in the middle on this thing, doing like <laughs> trying to bring both sides and report on it. It's like, uh, you know, worlds are colliding here. <laughs> so I agree with you. Yeah, it's just like, what, what was that? I, I don't know. That's, that's why, look, look, when it comes to headlines, when it comes to articles, don't believe anything out there, not even my stuff. Do your own research. Try to try to just dig and dig and dig and dig. Don't take anyone's word. Don't for take it. anyone's word for it. Research this stuff. Uh, don't swallow it because it's just there's so much garbage out there at this point that uh, you've got to do your own research. You've got to look at things at a very skeptical point of view at this point in in in, in this moment in right, history. Right, because it can be along the lines of oh, the first thing you read, you take that to heart, and yeah. then it's like anything else you read, you're like oh, lies or yeah, oh, it's against this. It's evidence that they're right. 
It's, it's total so crap. Like, total crap. Yeah, another comment. Just one. So, another one. For, um, this is from Rob on the same article. <laughs> the reporter doesn't even ask the most basic questions. Why is she a member of this organization? Why can't she conduct elections without their help? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, wait a second, I voted for somebody to be the recorder to oversee the elections yeah, and true. who has a whole staff that is there to oversee elections. <laughs> that's her job. Uh, we've been running elections in this country for a little while, a couple of centuries. Don't we have this stuff figured out? Why do we need outside groups to help us figure this out? What What, what is that? You know, no outside groups in our elections. I don't care if the funding's coming from the left. I don't care if funding's coming from the right, the center, from Mars. I don't care. We have, we pay an, a, a, a huge amount of taxes to fund all this stuff. We hire people to do it as, as a county or whatever, however, you know, different places around the country work it. That's how it should be done, in the public light. No outside groups that you can even, even if the intentions were the best of intentions of Coconino County recorder Patty Hansen, it stinks just from a pure um, optics point of view, if at, at, right, at the least. If it there's stinks. the slightest chance that it could be um, yeah, that people like question up somehow. Yeah. Yeah, or that people. That's what I was looking or for. In this day, that people are questioning uh, election integrity. If Donald Trump wins the election, the left will be questioning election integrity once again. If Biden, and I don't think he's going to be the nominee, but whoever is, is subbed in for Biden at the last minute because he can't even string sentences together anymore, right? Right. If if he wins, then the right's going to say there's election integrity issues. You want to do everything you can to not promote that as a county recorder. And that article they did in the paper, they just didn't even get that. Mm-hmm. They didn't even bring in someone to say, hey, I, let me raise my hand. I got a little issue here. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Talk um, with Jeff at iCloud.com as Olivia reconnoiters. We have a text message. Oh, good. I like text. Sounds like Hobbs is trying to replace the teachers' unions and schools are losing to school choice. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, you're right on. Thanks for that text, 877-9713-971. That's why they don't want to do it. They don't want to admit like, oh, yeah, we're bad at this. If people had a choice, they would go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to see that. um, If if I was running uh, a communist government, right, like things like the Soviet Union, Mm -hmm. and you only had one choice of a car, the Lada, which is a piece of crap. That's the car they had. That's the greatest car we got. Well, it's the only car you got. (laughs) I mean, that's what we've been doing with our schools. We've been sending the kids to government schools. They're getting dumber. They're pounding ideology down their throats now. And at least in Arizona, last I checked, 72,000 plus people have changed to the ESA program. Now, the opponents of the ESA program, where you take the backpack of money, you can send your kids to private schools using taxpayer dollars. Um, The opponents will have you think that, well, all those kids were already in private schools and stuff. Now they're just dipping into the money. Okay, so what? That means they weren't for decades before, right? But that's not the case. That is just not the case. Uh, FUSD, Flagstaff Unified School District, my favorite school district in the state, um, they recently had a board meeting and they cited that they had lost, it was like 30-something kids, top of my head here, 30-something kids that were on ESA a couple of years ago, then it bumped up to, you know, 100-something. Now it's like 300-something Mm-hmm. Kids just in the district boundaries. So, yeah, that's a, what, a tenfold increase? Yeah, people are leaving the public schools if they have a choice. Well, and even if Big it surprise. was the case that they were all just from um, already at the private schools, that's not a bad thing either. I mean, no. they're still at the private school for a reason. Yeah. And yeah. so, yes, they're taking advantage of something 
that they're paying for why do they, why do they care? already. Why, why do they care if my kids don't go there? It's not going to bankrupt the system. And and I got a kick out of it, and I'm still working on an article on this, the, the FUSD school board meeting, and they were just like, well, the, the private schools are getting double. That's double. That's double that they're getting from the ESA program. But they totally fail to recognize, and, and, and well, I, I think they know they should. They do the budget. They don't even comment that most of the public school money is coming from the, the local property taxes. Mm-hmm. And I just talked, we just, I just talked to Speaker of the House, Ben Toma. He's like, it costs 14 grand to send a kid to public school. It costs seven on average to send it to the private school. Oh, Jeff, those numbers aren't right because it's local money versus this pot of money and that pot. No, on a dollar to per dollar basis, what your tax dollars, it's costing double to go to these public schools because they're broken. They're too big. Uh, they, they've run unchecked for so many dec- decades. Uh, and it, it's, it's, I'm glad. I hope that next year there's 150, 200, 250,000 kids at ESAs. Mm-hmm. And I hope they have to close some public schools because the bad public schools will close. That's capitalism. That's the market. That's how it should work. Well, I think the problem is also just that nobody, like nobody on that side that strictly wants to believe, oh, it's wrong because that's what they're hearing. Nobody's look like stepping back to look about this and so many other issues of yeah. like, what is this actually doing? Who is it helping? Because they're so set in their ways. Or why? Why did you leave? remember when we left? Like, yeah, wh- why? Remember when we why left the, the so public and the charter school? Nobody ever called us and said, "Why'd you leave?" You know, it's kind of like you, you know, you're a private company, and all of a sudden your customer leaves, and they're a big customer. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe I need to give a call. What's and yeah, then ten of them leave? Out what I like, can do better? What am I doing wrong? They're living in a bubble. They're living in a silo. They're living in a vacuum. And it, it just just watch that recent any any board meeting where your school's got leftist leftist members. It's probably all leftist staff. Um, uh, board members and they, they just don't even know they're, they're just living mm-hmm. in an echo chamber. Well, it's just like chamber. when we talk about them having their agenda of oh we need to do this this and this they're not even like they're so focused on doing that on getting their points and everything they yeah. want to get done that it's human nature i just think they don't step back and look yeah you why. need a little diversity let's do the diversity equity and inclusion let's include on, <laughs> on the liberal school board some <laughs> some conservative people maybe you'll understand do we have a, a quick one or is it I know you got a real long one on oil. Oh, uh, we have a semi-quick one. Give me a semi-quick one because we're on it. We're on it tight now. Biden has recently made it easier for young men from China to enter our country by instructing the border patrol to only ask them four questions instead of the usual forty, and they can no longer download their phone information. This is how he has also made his money by betraying his country. He's beyond having a conscience about it. It's crazy what's going on in the border. Uh, we spoke to Congressman Eli Crane in the in the first hour. It's criminal, quite frankly, what's going on at the border. I don't know about the details of the Chinese men yeah, coming in. I, I hadn't heard that. Haven't but. researched that. But who is that? Text uh, message. We don't yeah, have con- the name. name. Remember, you can text eight seven seven ninety seven one three ninety seven one. I did see though, and I talked about it last hour. That Border Patrol had this app. This is what's spreading around now that they have this custom uh, or um, yeah Border Patrol app that illegals are supposedly getting that allows them to fly the friendly skies in America without ID. So they just show an app and then some people are claiming they're even cutting line. Like they're getting the head of people in line. <laughs> First know, class. Yeah. You're, and I don't know how true, because I'm not there, you know, nowadays, like I said, take everything with, with a grain of salt, but there's so many reports of this happening. So just picture you're like in with the TSA and you're getting, you know, groped and, you uh-huh. know, they're doing the whole pat down thing or they're sending you through some machine, you know, to make sure that you're not carrying, you know, nine ounces of fluid or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you see somebody go by with an app that's 
illegal that doesn't even have the proper I can't show up <laughs> I can't show up at the airport with my decoder like, ring and say here's my ID can we download this app yeah can I get I'd like to board the plane <laughs> much faster nice. in fact I'd like to have free air travel well, that <laughs> because, sounds great <laughs> yeah big air quotes taxpayers subsidize their because they're, they're not paying for their tickets even mm-hmm. right and then this this is so jacked up it's it so is backwards. it is criminal criminal what's what's going on with our borders and the encouraging thing is i do hear more and more people even somebody who i thought was just an utter train wreck and maybe he still is but even someone like fetterman an absolute he's left us on so many policies senator fetterman out of pennsylvania he's even crying out on this on the border issue saying what are we doing here yeah when you have both sides seeing that there's an issue i think we're reaching peak border insanity you're still going to be seeing a lot of insanity in the next year plus um if donald trump becomes the president again i think you're going to see a border crackdown that you haven't seen in this country for a very long time and it's long overdue we need to just kind of it's we're done for now we're 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 sealing it up for right now we've got a lot of people to only helped a lot of you we helped a lot of people now they're here and we've got to fix the problems we've got to deal with all right olivia you like a good steak right Mm -hmm. you like ribs oh yeah even better we got to go on out, and I've been there, but you haven't been there yet. The Rodeo Steakhouse in Williams. Uh, I love going to Williams because I like walking around the downtown, quaint, and then all the activity. They've done a good job of all the things. The, yeah, the, lots the, of stuff. The, the to zip do lines there. and the uh, the sled thing going down the hill. The Arizona, the Arizona. I don't think it's called the Arizona. <laughs> Arizona. Uh, but then you top it all off in the evening. You head on over to the Rodeo Steakhouse, and you get a great steak there. Um, or ribs. I don't know if they do the bib though. I forgot to ask about. It. I I think when Your you criteria. do, yeah, when you <laughs> when you do ribs, you should do the bib, just like lobster mm-hmm. when you're cracking it. But well, anyway, that might just be you. But the rest of us have managed to yeah. keep our clothes fine. Yeah, Google rodeo. Eat, Google the rodeo steakhouse. Get on over there. They have a, on their um, website. You can do reservations and things like that as well. Get a great steak, great ribs, and so much more. The rodeo steakhouse in Williams. Back in a minute. Welcome back. Hey, don't get your blinds from the big box store. Don't call and go to some weird website. You don't know what you're getting quality wise. You got the Blind Brothers right here in Northern Arizona. This place where Angela and I got all new blinds um, just the last year. Was that last year? I think yeah. it was longer than that. A little that. longer than that. Know. Well, they're still working great. Yeah, they're still great. Still like new. Theblindbrothers.com. Theblindbrothers.com or call them up. Great Northern Arizona Company. 928-634-2423. 928-634-2423. We got through most of his comments. I think we got um, Joseph on oil. Yeah, we have um, a pretty long one. It's a long one. Um, Joseph, I am aware of the increased oil production and the comments you've made about, you know, hey, we've had more oil production record mm-hmm. numbers. Um, I have scheduled to have on um, Larry Barron's from Power of the Future, and I will ask him. I'm going to save your question for Larry. I hope you're listening, Joseph. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, the honey's not working. <laughs> I'm starting to feel it. Um, defective. Yeah, defective honey. What's wrong with these bees oh, nowadays? Are you going to go back to your, we need to get bees and make honey thing? We need to get bees and make honey. <laughs> anyway, I will, Larry Barron's will be on the program in the next couple of weeks and we'll talk. I'll ask him, hey, people are giving me and I'm seeing headlines that we have more oil production than ever before. So what's going mm-hmm. on there? And yes, gas prices are down, but that's also a demand issue right now. It means there's less demand. 
And right. is that good for the economy? Does that mean that people are struggling? I don't know. We'll get more into it. And plus tomorrow, I uh, hope you'll join us because it's going to be a busy day as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Everybody have a great, safe night. Take care. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Orton Show. Portions of this show may be pre-recorded. And remember, the information provided on the show does not constitute legal, medical, financial, or tax advice. All information is the opinions of the host and his guests. You should always seek the advice of a professional regarding any of these complex issues to make sure all circumstances of your situation are properly considered. Remember to catch the podcast by looking up The Jeff Orbit Show on your favorite podcast provider, including places like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. Also available on Rumble and on YouTube. Just look up Orvitz, O-R-A-V-I-T-S. And remember, the show streams Monday through Friday at 4.06 p.m. right up at talkwithjeff.com. Also available on FM on 97.1 FM, the big talker throughout northern Arizona, and 107.9 FM in the Prescott area.